Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. Welcome back to Depictions Media Radio. I'm your host, Michael Cloggs. So, the Pope uh, Francis has issued an apology to the First Nations delegation and to the First Nations across Canada for their participation in the residential schools. They admitted that the ongoings that happened within the walls of of the schools were not appropriate and that an apology to the people themselves is warranted. The Pope himself is promising a visit um, during the spring or several months uh, to come. He was at a very specific saying that he didn't want to visit in the winter because of the cold weather conditions, of course, in uh, Canada. And his apology, while it took time for it to happen, the, the, um, the bishop and cardinal who, who represented, who you're going to hear represent uh, the Vatican in this next segment, stated that it takes time for these things to happen, that there is a process that has to happen in order for a statement to be issued, such as this apology. But the apology did come, and the Pope is promising to visit, especially visit the, the site of the residential school and other sites that are said to be spiritual to the First, First Nations people in uh, British Columbia near Kamloops. And all around, the, the delegation themselves, they, they seem happy with what is happening, and they're saying that it is another step forward for them to be able to heal as a people and to move forward towards the closure that they need for reconciliation. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for being here. We welcome all those who are here with us in Rome and all those who are tuning in on the live stream back home. It's been a very busy week and a uh, very inspiring week. Very thoughtful week for all of us. My name is Neil McCarthy. I'm the communications lead for the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops. And this is our final press briefing of the delegation to Rome. I do want to uh, do a bit of housekeeping before we do start with our briefing. Uh, One of the wonderful Métis fiddlers who performed this morning for the Holy Father, there was a misspelling of the last name, and I just want to make sure we get that right for everybody who's been reporting on their, their involvement. It's Alexander 
And the last name should be Kusterok. It's K-U-S-T-U-R-O-K. So K-U-S-T-U-R-O-K. So we apologize for the error there, but want to make sure that uh, he's properly recognized. So as we begin this afternoon, before we get into our formal remarks, I would like to invite Elder Fred Kelly to lead us in a brief prayer. Elder Kelly. First of all, how's everybody feeling today? That's how you feel? <laughs> Why are we having a press conference? <laughs> so, I just wanted to uh, thank the people who asked me before to come here as part of their delegation. And... Uh, it's an honor to uh, participate all these years trying to uh, get things uh, where we are right now. I think, uh, you know, from uh, my general feeling and the general feedback I get, it's not my place to make any uh, political statements or make any uh, commentaries on what, because my role was to be a, a support and help out in a spiritual way however I could to advance the uh, the yardstick, so to speak. And I think, you know, that it depends on how the leadership feels. And I guess that's one of the things that they'll be talking about, expressing. So we give them the benefit of uh, the uh, representing their people. As I've said before, these are the people, indigenous people, who are not only respected because they are leaders, but they are leaders because they are respected. So we'll let them express their feelings and uh, let them uh, answer the questions that, uh, that, that you may have. And with that, I want to uh, ask the Creator, for the blessing of the opportunity for so many people, beautiful people to get together. People from the international press, people from international interests, and people following at home. I get a lot of phone calls as to what's happening, congratulatory remarks on behalf of the leadership. And so, but I'll leave it at that, just to let you know that I am asking the Creator and thanking the Creator that we are here together. And how we deal with that now will be the blessing that I'll be invoking. Again, The translation of that is, Thank you, dear Creator. Thank you, dear God. The only God that every human being aspires to live by the rules and the love that you have uh, given us. We thank you for that. We also thank, as our people, the indigenous peoples, the spirits of the four directions, the four skies, the four earths, 
Shkaves, which is the one that intercedes and takes our invocations and ensures that they are reached, that they reach all spirits and the Creator who is responsible for all life. And we thank them for that and how we are going to live with one another. So I thank you very much for asking me to open this meeting, and I'll turn it over to the uh, people who run the who will run this uh, this session. And I thank you again for the honor and miigwech. Uh, so may the Creator be with you, each and every one of you, your partners, your children, your families and your people back home who are want, wanting to know what happened and how it happened. So, and you can report on that. And so, and uh, I will leave it at that again, as I say, but I also want you to know that my prayers are intended for each and every one of you and your communities, your families, and your nations so that we can live as we had intended to and as the Creator had intended to. And how that plays out, that will be your discussion. Jimmy Iguetch, and thank you again, dear God. Miigwech. Thank you very much, Elder Kelly. At this time, I'll just introduce the speakers that are with us up on the stage here. To my left, representing the Assembly of First Nations, is Regional Chief Gerald Antoine. Next to Chief Antoine, Regional Chief Antoine, sorry. Uh, representing the Métis delegation is the Métis National Council President, Cassidy Caron. Next to President Caron, representing the Inuit delegation, the Inuit Tepirit Kanatami President, Netan Obed. And next to President Obed, we have from the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Vice President, Bishop William McGratton. And next to Bishop McGratton, who will be answering any questions we may have in French, the President of the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops, Monsignor Raymond Poisson. So we thank all of the speakers here for their time this afternoon. It's been a very busy week for them. Uh, we do appreciate you making time for us today. With that, I'm going to hand the microphone over to President Obed, who will lead us off with his remarks. Thank you. It's been a very uh, a busy week, and I have been fortunate to lead the Inuit delegation. There are 10 of us here in Rome, um, and there are many different support staff as well and supporters of the delegates um, who have all taken time out of their lives to come to make very clear um, uh, positions known to the Catholic Church and to the Vatican and to the Pope himself. Uh, we've met with the Secretary of State with the, of the Vatican. We've met with the head of the Catholic Oblates. We have met continuously with the Canadian Council of Catholic Bishops, and we have met with His Holiness. Uh, throughout these conversations, we are here to articulate as clearly as we possibly can about what the Catholic Church still needs to do to ensure that there is truth, there is justice, there is healing, and there is reconciliation in regards to the role that the Catholic Church uh, played within the residential school system in Canada. Uh, many Inuit went to residential schools, and many Inuit have been um, abused in those schools. Um, there is trauma associated with it within many of our communities, and there is also intergenerational trauma. Uh, we have worked on these issues with 
other institutions, uh, such as the Anglican Church. We have worked with this issue, on this issue with uh, the federal government and many of its departments. But this week, we are here to work with the Catholic Church. I'm appreciative of um, the way in which the Canadian Council of Catholic Bishops has worked with us to ensure that we have access to the spaces that um, we need to, in order to get to uh, a better place and to, in order to fulfill the, uh, the actions that are necessary to bring about justice and healing. We met with the Pope um, as an Inuit delegation on Monday, uh, and we then met again today as an all-parties delegation. The apology that was made uh, was one that is long overdue. It also is an apology that individual survivors um, and intergenerational survivors all will have very different feelings and perspectives about today. Uh, as an institution, this is an apology that we have formally asked for uh, through ITK's uh, endorsement of the TRC calls to action and also in preparation for this particular meeting uh, it was a very clear position of ITK's to bring forward uh, a papal apology in Canada in relation to the church's role in residential schools. So today we have a piece of the puzzle. We have a um, a heartfelt expression from the church that was delivered by Pope Francis in an empathetic and caring way. Uh, I was touched by the way in which he expressed his sorrow and also the way in which um, he condemned the actions of the church in particular regards. There is much more to do and so an apology is a part of a larger picture. Uh, we also were here this week to bring light to Johannes Revoir, a Catholic oblate who is in France, uh, who we wish to be extradited to Canada to face charges of sexual abuse. We have worked with the Catholic Church and they have expressed their willingness to work with us to ensure that justice is served in this particular case. And it is not the only case uh, that we wish to see um, resolved. We are sure that there are others that are suffering as well that need justice. And the work that we do together and the work that we do as Inuit First Nations and Métis in our own communities must be in concert and partnership with the Catholic Church if we are to show that this week is a true turning point in the relationship between us and the Catholic Church. I look forward, I look forward to your questions. And thank you for the opportunity to speak. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Cassidy Karen, and I'm the president of the Métis National Council. Um, but I'm, I'm not here today to represent me or my stories. I'm not here in Rome to represent me and my, my personal stories. I'm, I'm here to deliver messages on behalf of 
our citizens back home, Métis Nation citizens, and, and we've done just that. And I need to express first and foremost my absolute gratitude to our Métis delegation who carried all of this responsibility to deliver these messages to the Holy Father on Monday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In hopes that we would be heard. As Métis people, we've struggled for recognition for many years. We, of course, were included in the Constitution in, in uh, 1982, but until 2016, we continued to struggle for recognition. And here we are today, and we are being heard on an international level, and we feel heard and we feel listened to, and I have so much gratitude for all of you who are here today. On Monday, we delivered a message to Pope Francis, one of inviting him on a pathway forward for truth, healing, reconciliation, and justice. And all of the messaging that we brought to Pope Francis has come from hours of spent with our survivors and our intergenerational survivors so that we could do what we could to represent the diversity of the Métis Nation and the diversity of their perspectives. And in Pope Francis's statement today, I see that we were heard. I hear that we were heard. He truly reflected the way that we are, that we are all connected in a web of inter interconnected relationships. I see that in his message, and that's really, truly meaningful to us. The apology that we received today is absolutely historic and so meaningful to so many people. This opens a door for us to continue to move forward on our healing journeys. And it opens a door for us to continue to fight for action. And Pope Francis recognized that in his words as well when he says that any truly effective process of healing requires concrete actions. And we hear that loud and clear from all of the delegations who have been here this week that an apology is one step forward, but there is much work to be done. And there's much action to be done as well. I am so honored to sit here today and to sit, to have sat beside our elders and our survivors in that meeting, because this is for them. And I can only imagine what our survivors who are not with us today would have felt if they were. This is so long overdue. But we're here now and we're able to move forward. And we look forward to bringing these messages back home and we look forward to when the Pope visits and delivers a similar if not stronger message when he does arrive to our communities. Just think about the 30 or so folks who he got to meet with this week and he was so moved by just those 30 people that he felt compelled to deliver this apology. Just imagine what he's going to feel when he comes to our homelands and meets with our people, sees our communities, perhaps visits some of the residential schools that still stand. 
For us, we hope that Pope Francis will visit some of our most spiritual sites. We have a lot of work to do within the Métis Nation to continue to make sure that our stories are heard. Our survivors deserve justice. Many, if not most, of our survivors were not recognized by the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement. This day is going to be so incredibly meaningful for those who were left out of that process. And we will continue to fight as a Métis Nation to make sure that our survivors get the, the recognition that they so deserve. I look forward to how we continue to move forward. That has been our message throughout this entire week. We keep talking about the apology, but we've all been very clear that there's so many, so many steps that we still have to take. And I know that we're going to take those steps and, and we are so strong together. I think that's been a clear message throughout this week as well is that by working together, we can accomplish anything. By working together as the Métis Nation, by working together with our Inuit and First Nations brothers and sisters, we can accomplish anything. And that unity has shone through everything that we've gone through this week. And I am so proud to sit up here with my brothers and to continue to do this work. Thank you, everyone. Masi, my brother, and also my sister. Today is a day that we've been waiting for. And when I say we, it is our family. All those people that are back at home. And it's certainly one that will be lifted up in history. His uh, Holiness, Pope Francis, head of the Catholic Church, had issued a long overdue apology for the church's role in the church-run residential schools. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very certain that there is a lot of emotions today. And, uh, and we accept this apology as a gesture of good faith that acknowledges he will come to our home and to visit with our families to formally apologize to all our family members. This is a day for us is very special Finally, uh, we're going to be able to begin to put some closure. However, despite this positive gesture, it's like, as I mentioned earlier, it's like hunting, is that we just, fought, we just spotted a fresh track. And... Uh, we still need to do work. We still need to do, to follow those tracks. And so we have, we have an amazing 
tradition. We have amazing way of life. We all know that this way of life has brought us to this point. We have never given up our teachings. We never gave up our, la our language. We never gave up our culture. We never gave up our governance. And so there is a change going forward because one of the things that I wanted to share with you, and this is the reason why we've been sent here as a messenger. We are going to be going home to also share what we heard here and what we experienced. As fellow students of these Indian residential school, we know firsthand the destruction and trauma stemmed by this coordinated effort of genocide. The legacy and history of residential schools are lived each day by our grandparents, parents, children, and grandchildren. The settler state implemented the coordinated effort under their laws and policies in cooperation with the religious organizations and police services to implement this plan. We're going to continue calling out for support, help, and assistance to the Canadian state to seize its long-standing goals of suicide, uh, out of uh, genocide, the goals of genocide, and for some reason the word suicide snuck out, and that's just an example. And also its colonial laws and policies that seek to accomplish that end. So you can see there's still lots of work to done, to be done. I just wanted to touch on a little bit about this genocide, is that it is a, a result of the claim to the right of domination. And uh, this is a truth. The other thing is that uh, there is a ways of this being administrated and processed. And so these things need to be addressed. So as you can see again, there is still much work. I also like to say that the, outpour the outpouring of grief across our nation at the announcement of unmasked grave of children at the former residential school site is an unimaginable tragedy. And there, when this was heard, there was a lot of emotions all over the world. These recoveries shocked the global family and have since received outpouring of support from all over the world. We, th we thank these friends and allies for speaking the truth as we relive ours. We call on you to support and assist in our recovery 
in our restoration and also rebuilding of our family. It is indeed a historic step for the Holy Father. We seek to hear these words of apology on our land and our homes. None of this would have been possible without the collaboration and strength of our people, our family, our leadership, our organizations. And also, as you can see today, is that with my brother, my sister, we've been working with each other and also looking at how we could continue working together. And again, we also had some discussion is that, as you can see, the work that needs to be done, we need to continue to work together because we are a family. Again, we accept this apology as a gesture of good faith. So with that, I just wanted to say that it's been a real, a real uh, blessing for us as delegation. Um, I'm sure some of them wondered why them. And it was really very special to have our elders with us and when they shared with us is that there are powers greater than us out there, the energy, our ancestors, that started to work their ways to be able to line things up the way it needs to be lined up. And so today, with all this support and assistance for those that do those type of work, we're very thankful for the work that they do for us in those ways. And so today you can see the strength of these forces, these energies that we're able to do these things. So I'd like to thank all our people that were able to, to also in their own way to be able to really um, move those energies so that way we could be able to really say the same things as a family for something that was wrong. And uh, I'd like to also thank our children who are here with us today and also our grandchildren who are also with us today. They also gave us that strength in their energy and also they really inspired us to do those things. What happened to our children in the past is really a tragic and it's really something that we endured. Despite all this, we have never given up. So I'd like to thank all the leadership, all the past leadership that, and also all our parents and all our grandparents, our elders that really continued to be able to be consistent in the way that they had shared. So with that, Masi.
Well, thank you uh, very much, President Obed, President Caron, and Chief Antoine. Pope Francis um, expresses for us as a church and as bishops that we need to develop that spirit of accompaniment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I use that word because I hope that this week has been an expression of that desire to accompany others, and especially our indigenous communities who have experienced the effects and the tragedy of the residential school system, and also the communities and families that still have that lasting effect. Many have expressed that this week has been historic. I've often heard the word divine being used But when we are in such experiences, and we know that it is beyond sometimes our human abilities, we recognize the presence of God, the Creator. But I also think that there is a deep sense of gratitude on behalf of the Catholic Church of Canada towards Pope Francis. It has been a privilege for us, the bishops, to be present during this week, during the individual encounters with the Inuit and the Métis and the First Nations. This journey would not have taken place without the assistance of these leaders here present. The beginning to walk together that has culminated in this week began probably two or three years ago Did we know where this path would take us other than the desire to meet with Pope Francis and to allow him to hear the voices of those who have suffered? And in those private encounters, for us who were privileged simply to be present, we did see a man, a father, whose heart was moved by those stories those experiences of the elders who had gone to residential schools. It was expressed in very simple gestures. He went at different times to touch and to bless those who expressed pain and suffering that had happened in their lives. He went to greet those who came forward as symbols of the residential school. And in each of the gestures, I hope that those who receive them recognize that same spirit that the Catholic bishops of Canada wanted to occur. 
that their stories would be heard, that a deep and compassionate response would be received. Today was a day in which Pope Francis did express, I ask God's forgiveness, and I want to say to you with all my heart, I am very sorry. And I join my brothers, the Canadian bishops, in asking your pardon. As we've heard, the receiving of pardon, the offering of an apology, needs to be followed up with action. We have committed, as the Catholic Church diocese, to assist in the release of records as also the religious communities. And this week, the Indigenous leaders have heard that from the Oblites and also from the Secretary of State. I hope that these meetings have given you the confidence that the church continues to want to demonstrate in concrete ways that we are committed to this path of healing, of truth, of justice and reconciliation. Pope Francis recognizes the cry of the poor He chose the name Francis because of the example of St. Francis, who loved Mother Earth, who loved all of creation. And in listening to the encounters and what was expressed in his final address to those present, he saw the gifts to which the Indigenous communities, not only in Canada but throughout the world, have provided the gifts of spirituality, of culture, and language, and that these need to be cherished. And he recognizes as well the great truth of the Indigenous communities, that we need to think about not the present. Yes, we have to know the past, and we have to make sure that we don't repeat the past, but that we need to think about the seven generations that will come after us. And those are the teachings, the spirituality, and the gifts that Indigenous communities throughout the world offer to all of humanity and offer to the Church. What has been said by a number of those who have had the opportunity to share their experiences, the delegates, I remember Chief Wilton Littlechild saying that maybe this is the path that we've been asked to chart. A path that we did not know at the beginning, but a path that others will follow. And this is what Pope Francis also recognized, that it's his hope that these meetings this week will point out new paths to be pursued together, to instill courage and strength, and to lead to a greater commitment on the local level. And that is the desire of the Catholic Church in Canada, to begin the healing, the justice, the truth at the local level, in all parts of Canada, so that Canadians and Catholics can know the past, but also, as Pope Francis says, to recognize the tragedies that continue if we we allow ourselves to be influenced by colonialism 
and those forces, for they are evident even today. His words, I hope, were felt, and I hope that many, those who were privileged to encounter him throughout this week, have recognized that he is a man who wants to seek reconciliation, and he has encouraged us, the bishops, with all humility, as he said, the humility of the gospel requires us all to walk this path. I thank all of you for all of the work that you've done and all of the administrative support that you have helped to collaborate in making this week possible. A lot of the credit and a lot of the success is evident here in our Indigenous communities who have walked with us during this week. Thank you. Just give a brief opportunity, Monsignor Poisson, and petit pièce avec français, s'il vous plaît. Tout est si bien dit en anglais. C'est très bien, on l'a compris. Moi, je suis très heureux. Je veux remercier nos leaders qui sont ici avec nous. Et je répète avec Monsignor McGratam notre désir de continuer cette route. C'est une étape importante que nous avons vécue ensemble. Ce sont des rencontres historiques. Et elles ne finissent pas cette semaine. Elles se continuent. D'ailleurs, le Saint-Père y a fait un petit peu allusion ce matin. Il s'attend à venir nous voir un jour. Alors, merci beaucoup et poursuivons la route. Thank you to all our speakers. At this time, we'll open things up for questions. Uh, again, in the interest of time, we'll just stick to one question per journalist. Please identify uh, your organization, who you're directing your question to, please. Just over here on the right. Thank you, Erica. Hi, thanks for taking our questions. I'm Olivia Stefanovic with CBC News. My question is directed towards the archbishops, but if the national indigenous leaders would like to weigh in afterwards, I would love to hear your thoughts. And my question is this, why has it taken this long for the Pope to say sorry? The TRC recommended a papal apology seven years ago, and many residential school survivors aren't alive today to hear this apology. So why has it taken this long? And why was this trip necessary to make this happen, this apology happen? Thank you for the question. Um, I guess some would say that this has taken some time since the TRC was first released. However, I think in the years that have followed the release of the TRC, there has been this dialogue that was necessary as to how to understand and how to assist the Holy Father in offering what he did today. And I think that it was very important, especially the organization of the personal encounters. Yes, with survivors of residential schools, but also elders and the youth, so that in many ways, what he was offering was an experience that he himself personally was able to have through this encounter. It's very important for the Holy Father to listen and then to express with a genuineness that this experience truly moved him. And as a result of that, he expressed that apology, I believe, 
from the sincerity of his heart after listening to many of the stories this week. And so, yes, maybe it has taken this time. But in time, we continue to walk this path of reconciliation, and hopefully we can build upon what he himself has expressed, what the Canadian bishops have expressed, and hopefully we can continue to work towards and to make concrete signs of that reconciliation and that apology. Anybody else want to go ahead, Monsignor? Simplement pour dire que ce temps, il me semble, bon, plus long, moins long, n'était pas perdu, car dès le dépôt du rapport à la Commission, la conférence des évêques catholiques du Canada a commencé à travailler, notamment avec le Cercle Notre-Dame de la Guadeloupe, donc avec des personnes des communautés autochtones et nous, à travailler ensemble à mieux se connaître et à mieux connaître cette histoire qui n'était pas très bien connu de l'ensemble de la population du Canada. Et euh, il me semble que nous l'avons dit et, et répété, euh, les, ce que nous avons vécu ce matin comme message du Saint-Père a encore d'autant plus de valeur, comme le disait mon collègue, qu'il est fait à partir d'expériences partagées avec des survivants, des aînés et des jeunes qui sont venus le visiter. C'était une étape importante, cette délégation. Ça n'aurait pas pris tant de temps si nous n'avions pas eu dans l'organisation l'invitation que s'est faite d'elle-même la COVID, parce que nous avons quand même reporté la délégation à deux reprises. Let's go up here in front, please, Erica. Thank you. I'm Elizabeth with Global News, um, and my question is for the bishops. Uh, I recognize that uh, you have and uh, the secretaries of the Vatican have committed to supporting the quest for documents on residential schools, but there are other requests here, the revocation of centuries-old racist papal bulls, um, and uh, the request for an apology on Canadian soil. For those of us who are watching, those two things seem very simple. Politicians do these kinds of things all the time. The Vatican is the head of a city-state. Why couldn't he say that he's going to do those two things today? What's stopping him? Can you just explain to us why it's not as simple as it seems? Two uh, questions that you've posed, one with regard to what was presented in uh, the private encounters. Um, it was on the doctrine of discovery and terra nullis. And what I would like to say is that the Canadian Conference of Bishops, you know, agree that the underlying concepts that supported the, that particular approach we do not support. And in 2016, we offered a pastoral letter basically denouncing what was understood as the doctrine of discovery and explaining it that way. The doctrine of discovery also has implications in other jurisdictions. And so in respect to Canada and how we have addressed it, there are other conferences of bishop who have done the same. The Vatican is compiling and is studying those particular responses. And so in light of that, the Holy Father is 
preparing and allowing himself to understand how the church does need to respond to this. It might not be coming as, as quickly as some people think, but it does take time, and it does take an understanding so that we can explain that and give an adequate answer, as has the Canadian bishops in that regard. The question of the pa- pastoral visit is that the Holy Father has announced that, his intention to come to Canada. And that was also expressed in his address today to the delegates. And he personally acknowledged that, his great desire to meet other communities in Canada. So recognizing that these things are in the works uh, should bring hope and confidence that these things will take place. Okay, next question. Yep, just over here, Cindy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cindy Wooden from Catholic News Service. We heard the Pope say himself that he is not going in the winter. And that he would want to go sometime around the days of the Feast of St. Anne or the pilgrimage of um, St. Anne. Do do you have any more concrete indications how many places he would likely visit, um, the time frame, how many days, that kind of thing? Thank you. Well, I found it quite interesting that he received snowshoes, and I didn't know if that was a sign. (laughs) (laughs) However... um, he, he did indicate uh, that his preference would not be to come uh, in the winter to Canada, knowing our climate. Um, as we know, these types of decisions or these announcements uh, come from the Vatican. Obviously, he is in discussions. He's announced that he is coming. And I would say that discussions and planning are beginning, but those types of concrete decisions still need to be, in a sense, discussed in consultation with indigenous communities, in consultation with the Vatican and the government. And therefore, as you can see, with many people involved in these types of kind of discussions, that decision hopefully will come soon. And his desire to come to Canada will be hopefully, obviously, this year. Okay, yeah, just behind Cindy there. Hi, Michael Swan with the Catholic Register. Um, Bishop McGrattan, uh, Chief Antoine used the word genocide. Are, are you now willing to accept that word? Did the church participate in genocide? What we understand from the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission 
what was understood from the historical study of what took place in residential schools, I might be corrected, but it was called cultural genocide. So there was a qualification to that particular understanding of taking away one's identity, one's culture, one's spirituality. We know that that particular type of action took place in residential schools. And so I think the church has come to realize those realities that were taken away. And if one takes them away and one describes that action as genocide and cultural genocide, then there is the understanding that both the government and those who cooperated with the residential school system, Catholic entities, other religious denominations, also participated in that particular way of taking away people's rights, people's culture, and people's spirituality. Okay. Yeah, just in the middle here. Monita Taylor with CBC News. Regional Chief Gerald Antoine, the Pope said sorry for the conduct of the members of the Catholic Church, but not the role the Church played in residential schools. Are you satisfied with those words? Can you repeat the question a little bit louder? Of so course. It was just hard for him to hear. Of course. So the Pope said that he is sorry for the conduct of the members of the Catholic Church, but not the role the Catholic Church had in running residential schools. Are you satisfied with those words? Uh, I'm glad you asked that question because... The Indian residential school had to originate from someplace. And so my grandson always taught me to use the word why. And I think this is uh, the question that we need to ask ourselves to really get an understanding uh, for the, the reasons of why Indian residents of schools were established, implemented, and coordinated uh, together. Uh, and I know that what I what I what what I understand is that uh, it is to kill the Indian in the child. And if you look at the word kill. It is a crime. And if you look at the Bible, it also says, there shall not kill. If you look at these words, that's what uh, we're pointing out. This, uh, the, 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 the people that have done these crimes have to be accountable. And also the system that set it up have to be accountable. And so in the earlier comment, uh, or the earlier question to you was that, is that um, if you look at the word genocide, and if you also look at the doctrine of discovery, there has been extensive discussions on this side of the ocean about how they're going to do that. Even though there were two 
representatives, not from our people, but there were two representatives, they were arguing on our behalf that we're human beings. But collectively, they had uh, agreement that we are not human beings. So in terms of the word genocide, there also has been discussions here in the international community on this side about genocide. And from what I have learned is that they've, they've also begin to water it down to satisfy how it would fit into the way they're going to deal with that. As an example, another example is that the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. And if you look at all these things, the Indigenous people were involved, but up to a point. There was an insertion of Article 46 that will, if you look at it, it'll tell you exactly how those fit into their system. And so that's just an example of that. Masi. So as we wrap up our week, I want to give an opportunity for each of the NIO uh, leaders who are with us to offer any final thoughts, final remarks, uh, briefly as we wrap things up this afternoon. President Obed, maybe we'll start with you if that's okay. There's a lot of work that's been done over the last three years to get us to this point this afternoon, and there is much more work to do. I think uh, we, all of us, need to ensure that we are doing the most that we possibly can for residential school survivors and their families, but also that we take actions that will ensure that there is truth and justice um, done to those who still are in desperate need of it. And there are things that we all can do, and it isn't just um, the Pope or the bishops. There are um, people of faith across the world that can aid in seeking reconciliation and pushing for reconciliation for the Indigenous peoples of Canada. And in Canada, uh, there is work that governments can do. There's work that media can do. And there's work that individual parts of the Catholic Church can do to ensure that um, the intent of the word spoken by the Pope today and the uh, intense following that we have received by the media and the, the focus of this particular issue in our communities, that we can work together on this path moving forward. There is always time for respecting people's human rights, for apologizing when those human rights are abused, and for seeking justice for those who deserve it. Thank you. President Carroll. I think this week has truly shown that there is power in our stories and there is power in our truths. And what we've done this week has been really, truly incredible. And we know that when Pope Francis comes to Canada, he will come with a deeper understanding and a greater, greater awareness of who we are and what has happened to our people, but also the hope that we have for who we are and where we're going. And that it is about our children and our future generations. And that's the that is why we do this work. 
It was very clear to me this week, meeting with Pope Francis, that he is a man who wants to see change and that we can do that together and we can create a better world for our future generations. And we've made incredible steps forward in that this week. Action does speak louder than words. And I think in the days and the weeks, the months and the years to come, the apology will only grow stronger when we see these actions happen. When we see accountability, we see justice, we see healing, and we keep hearing our truths. That's when this apology will truly sink in for many of our people. But today was an incredible step forward for us. Again, I just want to say thank you to all of you for being here to facilitate the sharing of our stories across this, the world. It's so important. And I want to leave you with a message from, from one of my elders who says that, you know, reconciliation, again, it, it did not start when we arrived here in the Vatican and it doesn't end here. Not until we bring all of our children home. Thank you. Thank you, President Caron. Regional Chief Anton. Today is a really special day. We have a grandparent, a parent, and also a former Indian residential school student. Today is a special day for him. Today is his birthday. And let's uh, give uh, Willie little child, a big hand. I'd like to also thank him for uh, the modeling and the mentoring that he's uh, also advocated for, for us on our behalf. The other good news is that the baby cradle got returned. Let's give that a big hand. With the work, when people get together, particularly a family get together, and they really begin to open up to each other, it creates a very special relationship. And it starts with love. And, to, and earlier on, you probably heard the, the analogy of a tree or a family, like branches on a tree, we all grow in different directions, yet our root is the same. And earlier on this morning, our elders shared about the tree. The tree gets a lot of energy from the sun, from the rain, the wind, and also it really gets their nourishment and needs to do that. So today is a very special day because we've, we've started putting a seed in that we need to help each other with our energy of love and also the nourishment that it needs. And so I'd like to thank everyone for being here and also being able to begin to open. And all, we came here with our hearts. We also use our voice for all 
our people back home. We came here with our hearts, with love. And we need to help each other so we could also help them to bring their heart home. Masit. Regional Chief Antoine and President Caron, President Obed, Bishop McGradden, Bishop Poisson, you had one last word? Yes. I want to thank uh, all the people, persons who participated at this delegation. Of course, the openness of all the delegates and uh, their organizations. It's uh, a big week. It's an important week. But also I want to thank, uh, and you forgive me for that, but all my brother bishops of Canada who are all involved in this uh, walking together for healing and reconciliation. Also, I want to thank the personnel of the conference because you imagine that behind this week there's many little phone call, email, and everything that we must do with the Vatican to organize that. So, thank This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information.